And this week, we are talking about building wisdom into the next generation and how we can do that through mentoring and parenting and all of that. And when we landed on this topic being included in this series, I immediately thought of a dear friend of mine who went to India with me last summer, uh, not this past summer, Sarah went, and then the year before that, she went with me, and she shared a message there in India right on this very topic, and it was so awesome. So I immediately thought of her and asked her if she would come and join us today. And for those of you who may not be familiar with Pastor Joyce Villalobos, she and her husband Tom pastor Oak Valley or OV Church in Yukaipa, and they are going 29 years strong with the church. They just moved into a beautiful new facility. We were able to be there with them recently for the grand opening of that facility, and they just have an awesome church and a beautiful family. They have four adult children who are all involved in the ministry with them. 10 grandchildren and an 11th on the way, and just truly a beautiful, beautiful family. And she is a beautiful lady inside and out. The one thing I always think of when I think about Joyce is her smile, like she never stops smiling. When we went to India, I thought, okay, I'm going to see, you know, the real Joyce behind the scenes, being together for almost two weeks. She never stops smiling. <laughs> I think she smiles in her sleep. <laughs> and, and she just has this beautiful joy that just floods out of her all the time. And I know that you are going to absolutely love her. So can you join me in giving a very warm welcome to Pastor Joyce Villalobos? Thank you. It's so good to be with you, Bridge Women. What beautiful women. And I just love your pastors. I love Pastor Anne and her husband and my husband are really good friends as well. And we're just um, so happy to have them in our lives. And you guys are blessed to have them as your pastors. And so thank you for inviting me to be here today. We did have a wonderful time in India. And uh, one day I hope to go back there is just uh, a beautiful, beautiful time. And so I'm just glad to be with you. Wonderful. Okay, I always thought, you know, people would say about my smiles, because I have big teeth. It looks like I'm always smiling. <laughs> Anyways, I have to put my glasses on to see. Uh, but So I love your topic, uh, Wisdom Works. What a terrific series you guys are in. And, and we know that wisdom uh, begins with God, and wisdom is for us to live out our life every day. We need that wisdom. And so I was thinking about, it's just in my lifetime, I don't have to tell how old I am, right? <laughs> I do have 10 grandkids. Don't call me grandma, though. Call me nana. <laughs> but in just my lifetime, I remember back in college, I typed all my papers on typewriters. And if my, I think it's called a Smith and Corona, a little blue typewriter, if I made a mistake, 
I would have to retype the entire paper if I wanted to add something. And so you guys on computers, you just have it made these days. But just in my lifetime, we went back from having a typewriter, no computers, no internet. I remember the first time we got a computer in our home and the internet, and it was the dial-up. It made that awful noise, took forever, got disconnected. And so just in our life, my lifetime, knowledge has so increased. And now we, it, now we can carry basically a computer with us everywhere we go. We have access to the internet in our pocket, on our phones. And so with knowledge so increased, we look at this generation, though, and the, the opioid uh, crisis and epidemic that is going on, the, the rate of suicides that has increased, the, the mental illness, and um, all these challenges that this generation has, and the peer pressure from social media, they need more than just a how-to site to make it through life. They need more than knowledge. We need more than knowledge. We need the wisdom of God. And so this subject, Wisdom Works, is just beautiful. It is what we, what we all need. We need wisdom. And we know that wisdom begins with our relationship with God. And it's, our, it's wisdom, his wisdom, that molds us and transforms us and causes us to live life successfully and to walk in the plans and purposes that he has for us. And so God's wisdom, it brings practical wisdom. God's wisdom brings knowledge in a practical way so that we can do life the way he planned for us. And so I love this subject. And so we're going to share today about working wisdom into our, the next generation. And the way we're going to focus on that today is by influence. We're going to talk about working wisdom into the next generation by our influence. When you think about it, to be able to influence someone else is really amazing that by your words, by your actions, by your lifestyle, that you can influence someone else is pretty amazing. And every one of you are doing that. Every one of us are influencing someone. Each one of you is a leader in some capacity. Someone is watching you. Someone younger or one of your peers, people are watching you and you are influencing them whether you realize it are not. And so some people influence their families and friends, and while others influence an entire generation. But like we just mentioned, every one of us is made to influence. And, it's, and it goes on and on and on. It's like a ripple effect when you throw a rock into a pond and it ripples on, and the influence just keeps going on. So think about it for a mo moment. Who are the people in your life who have made a difference or who have influenced you the most? I mean, I can think of some of my Sunday school teachers or my junior high leader, um, a missionary who came through our church. Different people have influenced my life. Who has been a great influence in, influencer in your life and has made a difference? So if you have that list in your head, maybe it's only one or two people, maybe several people, maybe a teacher or a coach, your mom or your dad or an aunt or an uncle, who has influenced your life, 
Now add your name to that list as a list of influencers because you were designed to influence. As a mom, you influence your children. As a friend, you influence your friends. As an employer or a business owner, you influence those who work for you. As a follower of Christ, you influence the world. You were called to influence and make a difference. And as women, I mean, we just have an amazing ability to do that, don't we? We're good at gathering people. We're good at conversations. We're good at talking. We're good at bringing people into our lives and throwing parties. I mean, we're good at influencing. We're good at that. And so God created you to do that, to connect with friends. Influence, I want to read a definition. It's the capacity or power of persons or things to be a compelling force, to produce effects on the actions, behavior, opinions, development, and character of others. It's a compelling force. It has the power to change behavior. It impacts other people. So influence is a great opportunity and a great responsibility at the same time. So now we know that in Scripture... Influence can be positive and negative, right? You agree? In Psalms 11, I mean Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or following their advice and example. In other words, who is not influenced by the counsel of the wicked, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, his teachings, his, his precepts. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields fruit in its season. And so here we see that there's influence that could be had by wicked or evil. But blessed is he who's influenced by the word of the Lord. And then we see positive fruit, the fruit that is growing and uh, the branches that don't wither, the leaves that don't wither. And so there is good and bad or positive and negative influence. Now, this generation is bombarded by social media, by peer pressure, and some of it's good. Some of it can cause them to people to feel bad about themselves or not good enough. There's just influence from every angle, from Hollywood, from movies to music. And we need to be aware of a few things about influence before we get into how we can um, work wisdom into this generation. But we need to be aware that influence can come in quickly. We're told to guard our heart with all diligence because uh, influence can come in quietly, not quickly, but quickly too, but quietly. We could not even sometimes realize how uh, influence has just crept in and and changed our way of thinking and so it can creep in quietly so we want to guard our heart to be to what we're allowing to influence our lives it can come through friends in uh, first kings chapter 12 we see how king rohoboam uh, was he received excellent advice from counselors it was wisdom he received and then he consulted with his friends who gave them their opinions And he didn't walk with wisdom. Instead, he walked with the advice of his friends, which just turned out to be catastrophic, and the kingdom divided, and and it was disastrous. And so influence can come through friends, positive 
or negative. Influence can come through a leader. We see how Joshua influenced the, the people when he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He influenced them with his decision. Influence can come through the world. In 1 John uh, 2.15, we're told, do not love the world or the things of the world because of the world's influences. And then in 2 Timothy, we see that Demas, who was traveling with the Apostle Paul on a missionary journey, he left the, he left the ministry because he was so attracted to the world and he was um, overtaken by the influence that the world had on him. And so these are some ways that influence can come. And I like this quote I just recently came across. It said, if we don't teach our children to follow Christ, the world will teach them not to. And so it's our responsibility to impart wisdom into this generation. So we're in this world, we know, but we're not to be of it. We were created and designed, as God calls us, a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece created for good works. That Part of that good works is to influence this generation and those in your world, those that you have the joy of having the opportunity to influence their lives. And it could be friends, coworkers, nieces, nephews, um, aunts and uncles, you, can, you are in your world, in your sphere of influence for a purpose and a reason, and it is to let your light shine and to work out that wisdom into the next generation. So you and I are designed to do that. We're designed to do that, uh, and there's no greater cause than to connect with people for God. Our influence to make a difference in the lives of others. And if for a moment you think, well, maybe that's for everybody else. No, it's for you. It's for you. You are made by his design. And that's the name of our women's group is by design, women by design. Because see, when God makes something, he makes it with purpose. He makes it on purpose and for purpose. And he made you just the way you are beautifully created in his image with your unique personalities and intellect and uh, your abilities, your talents, your gifts, all work together to make you so that you can influence right where he puts you and make a difference. And part of that is bringing out the wisdom that he gives you through his word, working that wisdom out to the next generation. You were called to influence this generation. So that's how you and I were designed. Now, um, Pastor Ann just told you how many uh, grandchildren I have. And so I have three daughter-in-laws and a daughter who we all live close together. So we're always together a lot. And quite um, naturally, they are always talking about, not always, that's maybe an exaggeration, but much of the conversation is about raising children because they're all in the middle of raising children. Um, my grandchildren are from ages about six weeks to 15 years old. And so they're constantly talking about you know, diet, a healthy diet. They all eat really healthy and raising their children and you know, what to do and how to raise them and, and comparing notes and all of that. And so we're talking about parenting a lot. And for all of you who have young children, toddlers and preschoolers, isn't parenting fun? It's so much fun. 
It requires a lot of courage and a lot of energy, and it's just, and really it passes so quickly, so enjoy it. And as you've probably noticed, every child is different, and you can say um, the same thing to each child, and but they'll all respond differently. And I know my mom, who's here today with me, um, she always compares her three children, of which I'm the oldest, you know, she would tell one, don't touch, the, don't touch that on the table. And so um, I would walk around the table and, you know, I'd look at it and I'd just touch it. <laughs> now my sister would walk around the table and she wouldn't even come near it. She said, don't touch, don't touch. Then my brother, he would walk over to it and it off the table. <laughs> so every child is different, and <laughs> every way of parenting is different as well. And so, but we all have the opportunity to influence and to train that child to grow up to serve God and to have a heart to know Him and to make a difference in their world. So, parenting is a tremendous way we can use our influence, raising the next generation to to serve God. Mentoring or being a spiritual mother is a tremendous influence on our world. So there may be people here today, you, you are a spiritual mother or a spiritual parent. Maybe you didn't have children of your own. That doesn't minimize your purpose in life, not one iota, not one little bit, because you are still called to influence this generation. And so God has placed people in your lives. And like we mentioned, it might be a friend, your neighbor who you work with. It might be leading a small group at church. It might be working in the kids' ministry at church or in youth. There are people in your lives strategically placed there because God has called you to influence in their lives and to make a difference. And so we all have that opportunity. We are all called to do that. Um, in Titus 2, verses 3 through 5, it talks about us as women to live in a way that honors God, teaching others what is good, training this younger generation. And young men need that as well. Um, Paul talks about in Romans 16, he says, Greet Rufus, a special servant of the Lord, and greet his mother who has been like a mother to me. You can be uh, a spiritual mother to young men as well, to nephews and people in, in your life. And one time, um, it was on Mother's Day, and I bought my mom the most beautiful card. I just loved the words. It just described her perfectly. It was so beautiful. And I didn't realize until she started laughing that the front of the card said, you've been like a mother to me. <laughs> But so we can be like a mother to many people that God has placed in your life to mentor and to be that spiritual mom. So women, we were designed by God to do this. We were designed to influence the people in, in our world. And so um, just we, we mentioned earlier, you know, what people have had an impact or influence on your life. And so I naturally think of my parents and how they have influenced me. From my dad, I received uh, laughter. He, he loved to laugh. And he could fix anything. And just so I just kind of have that in my mind, too. Well, I can just fix anything, tear it apart, find out how to fix it, and do it. From my mom, I, I've 
grown to uh, feel like, well, I could be whatever I want to be. She instilled that in me. And just to be diligent and to work hard and to be a good friend. And she's the most wonderful friend. So things that they have influenced and imparted into my life. And so now I have the opportunity to impart into others, other people's lives as well. And so if we think about it, a good way, a good place to start is to focus on some specific ways, is to ask the question, well, how does God help me grow into his image? How does God parent how does he nurture? And if we allow him to, how does God mold us and shape us into what he designed us to be? Because he's our example, right? And so if we're going to help someone else grow, well, how, how does God help us grow? And so we're just going to look at, um, I think it's about nine points, just briefly. And we're going to start with, how does God... Uh, help us grow into his image and receive wisdom first of all with unconditional love Romans 5 8 says that God demonstrated his unconditional love in this way that while we were still sinners he died for us that's true love you know children are young people they shouldn't have to earn their parents love People who come into our lives, they shouldn't have to earn our love. Let's love like Jesus unconditionally. Children feel secure, and young people feel secure when they know that they're loved and accepted as they are. And a children grows up to be confident. Uh, a child grows up to be confident when they are influenced by unconditional love, and they grow up to be secure 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love. And that's why children can live in security and the influence that love provides because there is no fear in love. And, and young people, teenagers, uh, young adults, all of us, there's no fear in love. Love is kind and gentle, respectful. It's not easily angered. It's giving. And love seeks the best for, for others. As we love unconditionally, we gain access to someone's heart. We gain that influence into their heart through loving them unconditionally. How does God help us to grow in his wisdom and into his image? With belief. He believes in us. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says that love, and this is a passion translation. This is my new favorite translation. It says, love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. And so believing in others. You know, God believes in you. He placed significance on your life and value. And when you let others know that you believe in them, you believe the best in them, that opens their heart up. And they'll want to hear, what do you have to say? What wisdom do you have for me? You believe in me? And so that opens their heart up. So believe the best in others. Believe in them. People have significance and purpose. God created them in the image of God. They have skills and abilities to be developed and to grow in. God has a purpose and a plan for them. Believe the best in them. Let people know that you believe in them. When no one else may believe in them, you show them you believe in them. God has a plan 
God has a purpose. God believes in you. God believes in people. God's entrusted us to impart that to others. Um, Another thing that God does is he protects us. So how does he help us to grow? How can we impart wisdom? With protection. And let me explain. Uh, Every child, every person, every young adult should feel safe and protected. Proverbs 14.26 says, He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for his children it will be a refuge. One commentator says about this scripture, godliness puts beauty within the home and protection around the home. So the world wants to penetrate that fortress and kidnap our children and grandchildren, but godly parents keep walls strong and spiritual weapons ready. So in other words, God's protection comes through his word and his promise and and wisdom. And so as one who can impart wisdom, let's provide that protection. We want to protect the hearts and the spirits of, of those that it, we have been entrusted to do life with. And so we want to protect them in prayer, pray for them, and provide a covering, protect their spirits. Um, like young children, let's just talk about little children for a while. Um, their spirits are delicate and vulnerable and Teenagers, middle schoolers, they can feel rejected. Children, even, even young adults, we can all feel rejected through, through words or circumstances. And so let's provide that protection, that safe place where we accept people right where they are. And we want to help them walk out what God has for them. And this, this happens quite often through our words Proverbs 18.21 says that the tongue has the power of life and death. What we say can either break someone, crush them, or build them up and encourage them. What we say is so vitally important. And it's uh, we want to walk around uh, speaking words that are encouraging, never rebuking um, to the point of like we're demeaning them or criticizing them, but protect their hearts, protect their spirits. This translation here, verse 22, um, says, when you walk about, uh, the godly teachings of your parents will guide you. When you sleep, They will keep watch over you. When you awake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp and teaching. Oh, wait a minute. No wonder that's not making sense. I skipped a page. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. I should have used my iPad. (laughs) Okay. Let's see here. All right. So the words. Okay, let me get back. That was so wrong. Okay. So our words uh, can make or break us. And also in Proverbs is Proverbs 23, 7. It says, as a man thinks, so is he. So when a child is hearing repeated, repeated criticism or being put down, they begin to believe that. And so to provide an environment of protection where it's safe and you're speaking words that are life, 
building up, encouraging them, pointing them in the, in the way that they should go. Words that are filled with wisdom and godliness. That's protecting their heart because you know there's so much criticism and so much uh, even bullying in schools and, and things that are being uh, brought to these children and young people. They need us to provide that safe place, that environment of protection where we're covering them in prayer and covering them in love. And so with protection, every child, every young adult should feel safe and protected. Um, and that's what God does for us. We can feel safe in him, can't we? He, he covers us with his wings. He, he protects us in his presence. And so we can impart that to the next generation as well. Uh, he provides affection for us, a place of um, love. 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. And one definition of love is an intense affection for one another. And it's been proven and studied out that children need that healthy touch, that healthy affection, the, the healthy hugs and kisses. And so when your kids are little, that's easy to do, and they need it. In fact, it's been um, proven that children have a calmness and a healthier immune system and, and are not uh, experiencing stress when they receive that healthy affection. Now, when they get into middle school, they may not want you to touch them anymore. <laughs> but you can still give them a hug, never embarrass them in front of their friends, of course. But that affection. And so I love some scriptures that uh, are found in Proverbs. And it's talking about discipline. But the way it's packaged and the wording, calling them son, and almost like imploring them, I can just envision the father or the mother with their arm around their kid, uh, just giving words of affection. And so I'm just going to read it. And as I read these scriptures, I want you just to imagine the tenderness and the affection that surrounds these scriptures. So Proverbs 1, 8 through 9, in the Passion Translation. Pay close attention, my child, to your father's wise words, and never forget your mother's instructions. For their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions. My son, in Ephesians 6, 20 through 24, be guided by your father's God-given commandments and instructions. Do not reject the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart and tie them around your neck. And so children, my son, hear the instruction of your father. Proverbs 19.27, don't stop listening to instruction, my son. Proverbs 7.1, my son, keep my words, treasure my commands within you. So I just see such affection there, such tenderness. And so how does God deal with us? With affection, with love that's extravagant. And so let's reach out to the next generation warmly, with affection, with kind, brotherly affection. How does God deal with us? With generosity. And there's so many ways to show generosity to the next generation. 
And I'm not talking about just buying them everything they want. I'm talking about generosity of heart, generosity of words, generosity of patience and long-suffering. In Galatians 5, 22 through 23, the fruit of the Spirit. Let's be generous with the fruit of the Spirit. To that toddler who is just bouncing off the, off the walls, let's be generous with patience. Be generous with your attention. Children feel valued and significant when you pay attention to them. When anyone is talking to you, show them how valuable they are by looking at them. You know, your child may be at the point of life where um, he says 20 times a day, mommy, look at me, mommy, look at me. Stop and look at him. That tells him he's important. And take that time. Be generous with your attention with others. If That will give you a road into their heart because you're showing them that they're valuable by being generous with your attention and your time with them. Be generous with your words of blessings. Your words are creative. We just talked about never speak uh, demeaning or critical are um, harsh words. Proverbs 16, 24 says that gracious words are honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Nothing is more appealing than speaking beautiful, life-giving words, for they release sweetness to our souls and inner healing to our spirits. So let's reach this next generation with generosity of life-giving words, of life-giving words. And just on a side note, all the, all the moms with young children, and you may be talking about parenting skills, make sure your kids don't hear you talking about how bad they were, because they hear that. And let them catch you talking about how good they were, how they were obedient the first time you said something, So because they hear uh, what you're saying. All right, how does God... Uh, parent us or help us to grow up in him with understanding. The way God parents us is to, by giving understanding. So to raise a child, we need wisdom and understanding, Proverbs 1, 2, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive understanding. This is how to raise the next generation. So seek to understand what your teenager is going through or what your child is going through. Not all negative behavior is a willful defiance. It may be a way of them saying, I need help, or just expressing, I feel left out since the new baby came along, or I'm getting bullied at school and I don't have anyone to talk to. Tr seek to understand. Don't just judge a situation. And with people that God has brought into your life, don't come at it with a know-it-all, know-it-all, but seek to understand and let God give you the wisdom and the understanding that is needed. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So seek to understand your child. Which way are they to go? Well, we know they're to go in the way of the Lord, right? They're to follow after God and his wisdom. But which which way is he going to go in life? Is he going to uh, 
be in sports or is he going to be a musician? I mean, follow uh, which way he is going, help to guide him in the way that he is to go and according to the word of God, living and abiding by the word of God. But every child is different and every personality is different. So train up the child in the way that he should go. And of course, in raising children and in life in general, God gives us boundaries. Boundaries are so important in life, and we know that they're for our good. God doesn't set boundaries and just, uh, just so we can't have any fun, right? God places boundaries because he knows the way that we should go and what is good for us. And so um, boundaries are important, and boundaries are important in raising children. And our teenagers, our um, young adults, people in our lives, they need to know boundaries. I was reading a uh, statistic on millennials, and almost 50% of them said that there's really no right or wrong. It just depends on the circumstances. Well, there is a right and a wrong. And we have God's word to show us the boundaries. And so this generation needs to know the boundaries. And so God gives us boundaries, and we should set clear boundaries with raising our children as well. And so um, enforcing boundaries, it, it really will help you uh, in raising children. And which leads us to the next one with discipline. How does God help us to grow into his image and uh, cause us to grow in his wisdom with discipline, with loving discipline. And you can jot down these scriptures. Proverbs 3, 11 through 12 says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. In other words, discipline is important. And it's because in verse 12, the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father uh, disciplines his son. Proverbs 13, 24 says, if you withhold correction, and this is the Passion Translation, and punishment from your children, you demonstrate a lack of true love. So prove your love and be prompt to punish them. This will help them in their life. Proverbs 22, 15 says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of dis discipline will remove it far from him. So discipline is important. It is actually discipline is to train, it's correction, it's molding and perfecting of moral character brought in love. And so this is not a discipline. It should not be harsh. It should not be cruel. It should not be done in anger, but it's done in love. And when we have set boundaries and we clearly define them, and then it then it just becomes black and white, and, it, and things don't escalate. For example, for all those who have um, a toddler in the house. Who are those people who have a toddler in the house? Okay, so you set clearly the boundaries, and you say, okay, you cannot hit your baby brother on the head with that truck. You are not allowed. You, you must stop doing that, or I'm going to take away the toy. Do you understand? So the boundaries are clearly set. So what does the toddler do? Hit the baby on the head. And so what is the consequences? What should happen? You take away the toy. Sometimes this is what happens. The toddler hits him and you say, I told you not to do that. Now don't you do it again. Does it again. 
and does it again. And, and since the consequences, the discipline doesn't happen, what happens? The, the mom or the dad start to get emotional and frustrated about it. And so it escalates to possibly anger and frustration. And that's when abuse can happen. But if it's done in God's order, discipline, in love, and the boundaries are clearly set, it's simple. It's black and white. There's no anger. There's no emotion. It's black and white. The kid knows uh, the boundary. He knows the consequences. And there you go. And when you follow through that way all the time, what, what is expected uh, is obedience the first time, and then that's what you'll get. And so it takes time, it takes practice, and it takes uh, consistency. And it takes courage, because it's really much easier to let kids have their own way, right? <laughs> but, um, and that's the same thing God does with us. He set the boundaries clearly, and so we, we know what the consequences are, and we know that there's always blessing doing things God's way. And so we want to uh, just quickly wrap up here, but uh, one, the, final, the final point we're going to go over is by example. By example, that is, the, that is key. Jesus was our example and God gave us Jesus for an example in life. And as we uh, impart to the next generation, it's by example. People are looking at you. They see what you're doing. They may not hear what you're saying, but they're going to see what you're doing. And the, here's a quote. It says, children are great imitators, so give them something great to imitate. Proverbs 27 says, the righteous man leads a blameless life. Blessed are the children after him because they're seeing what is being done. And so we can teach people in our lives about God and about his goodness and about his wisdom through our examples in life. And I want to give the last scripture is Proverbs 31, 27. It says, her teachings are filled with wisdom and kindness as loving instruction pours from her lips and she watches over the ways of her household. Be watchful in your world, in your life. There are people who are just waiting for you to impact their lives with God's love and God's power. And you don't have to be a mom. You can be a single woman. You can be um, without children, but you are called to influence. And in closing, I just want to tell you a story about a little girl in Washington, D.C., who went to church every Sunday with her uh, friend, and she stopped going to church. And the Sunday school teacher uh, in those days, they didn't have cell phones or any of that. I don't think she had a landline because she took a bus, made another bus transfer, took a streetcar, went to see this little girl and see why she wasn't coming to school, to church, Sunday school. And the mom said, well, she came with her neighbor and her neighbor moved away. So now she has no way to get to church. And so the teacher said, well, can I come and pick her up? every Sunday, and she said, well, yeah, that would be wonderful. So for a whole year, this woman took several buses 
and a streetcar. It took three hours to come from uh, her side of town and go to another side of town, go to church, take her back home, and then go back home. Through the humidity uh, of the summer in Washington, D.C., through the cold of the winters, she did this for an entire year. And after a year, the the mom said, you know what, I'm going to start going to church too. And so that little girl grew up in church. As time goes on, the the woman um, moved away and um, the, that little girl got married, went to Bible school, and came back into town. And one Sunday, the pastor asked him to preach. That very Sunday, the mother was there. The, the Sunday school teacher said, I'm going to go back to that church. And she saw that little girl. What a blessing to see that here she was married to a pastor and had gone to Bible school. And many years later, that little girl had had three children who had children who were in ministry and had, uh, they had children. Now we're like four to five generations serving God and four generations in ministry. That woman's name was Marguerite Platt. She was a small-boned, single woman who had never married and never raised children of her own, but yet she influenced and impacted generations generations, five generations, and four generations in full-time ministry serving God because she took it upon herself to reach out with love and reach out with affection and open a little girl's heart to the Lord, which opened her mom's heart to the Lord. And so God wants to use you women to make a difference, to work wisdom into this generation. And it begins with relationships, opening your heart to the people in your world. And we know ultimately it all begins with our relationship with God. And so if there's anyone here today Say, so you, you want to walk in the wisdom that God has for you. You want to be a part of imparting wisdom to this generation and making a difference. You want to be a woman of influence. It begins with knowing God as your creator, with knowing Jesus, having a personal relationship, not just head knowledge. We can all have head knowledge. We have it right on our phones. But this is a personal relationship with Jesus. So if there's anyone here today and you want to start that journey, you want to start that journey of wisdom, wisdom for living, and you have not yet made Jesus the Lord of your life, we just want to close in prayer and take that opportunity. Father, thank you for these girls here today, these beautiful women. Father, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. And if that is you, just reach out in your heart and in your prayer. You can call upon the name of Jesus right now. And we're just going to pray together and invite Jesus into our lives. So if this is you and you're calling upon Jesus, know that he hears and answers. And when you invite him into your life, he does come in. So Lord Jesus, we call upon you. Father, thank you for sending Jesus, the Savior of the world. And I invite you, Jesus, into my heart and my life. And Father, I invite you to uh, help me to grow in your wisdom 
that I may be a woman of God. Father, I thank you that now you are uh, in my life and in my heart, and, and I make a declaration to serve you and know you. Thank you for forgiving me and giving me strength and courage. Thank you that I am now your daughter, and I love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, you women of influence, you wisdom, wisdom working women, and to this next generation. Thank you for allowing me to be here today. God bless you. And I told her she has to tell you who the little girl was. I forgot because I was getting in a hurry. <laughs> that little girl was my mom. <laughs> so Joyce is serving God in ministry today. We've been blessed by her today because of a Sunday school teacher that went way out of her way to take her mom to church. I love that story. Yes, can we give Joyce another just great hand? Thank you so much. It was so awesome. I just love the whole approach that you took with that message, just how God parents and nurtures us, because we can all use those tools to influence others around us. So awesome. Thank you. And I just want to tell you, if you're here today, and maybe as she prayed there at the end, maybe you prayed along with her and committed your life to the Lord today and asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, we just have a little tool we'd love to give you just to help you get started walking in relationship with God. So if that's you, just let the table host at your table know, and she would just love to give that little booklet to you called The Next Seven Days, okay? And then, before you leave, we want you to just take the rest of your time, just go around at your table, introduce yourself if you haven't already done that, and just quickly share one thing that God spoke to you today, all right? Love you, girls. We'll see you right back here next Tuesday.